This episode is sponsored by Realtor.com, who wants you to take advantage of your free profile on Realtor.com. By claiming and completing your free profile, adding a photo, and all of the information that puts you head and shoulders above the competition, you're on your way to receiving free leads, helping search engines find you, and staying top of mind with past clients. To learn more about claiming your free profile, go to realtor.com forward slash profile. Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I am your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me for this week's episode is Mitch Robinson. He is the president of Real Estate News. Mitch, welcome onto the show. We are so excited to have you. Hey, thanks for having me, Allison. And hi to all my friends in Ohio. I'm a Midwestern guy, so I'm excited to be with you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for being here as a fellow Midwesterner. So before we get started on today's episode, which I'm really excited about, we're we're going to talk a little bit about what Mitch does, you know, his company, the role that it plays in the industry, and, and just some perspective and his views on the world of real estate, what's happening in our market right now, and share some advice for what realtors can expect up and coming from, from where our industry is. Uh, but before we get started on that, I have to ask our signature question, which I ask all of the guests who join me on the Real View podcast, which is, since the show is called The Real View, I would like to know what is the best view that you've ever seen? I have to tell you about the worst view and then the best view. Okay. okay? So, so the worst view is my office that I'm at. It's a nice size house, but I'm kind of in a hallway with two monitors and I just kind of stare at a wall and I have like a utility closet behind me. But the best view I've ever seen is the view I have now. My house is on a lake. So it just soothes me so much. I'm a guy from Chicago. I had barely even been on a boat in my life. And now I have a little boat. I have a dock. And I just like to look at it. My problem is I don't take enough time to look at my best view. And that's what I would encourage people to do is sometimes like take a breath, get away from your screen for a second and just go look outside and, and appreciate what we have. Oh, I love that. I love, I'm a big water person too. There is something so soothing and calming about it. So I'm oh, glad that you that. appreciate that. Okay, cool. So I want to hear a little bit about you. Tell us about yourself, your career journey. I know when you and I were chatting and, and planning this podcast, you said, I've been in this industry, you know, so, a long time and I have experiences through, you know, multiple different avenues. So tell us a little bit about you and your career journey and what's gotten you to where you are today. Yeah, I've been really fortunate in that I've joined at least three startups that were all super successful. And most people kind of my line of work, and I'm basically a marketing guy that has done other things. If you get like one startup, you're kind of lucky. But, you know, I started out as a Midwestern guy working at local television stations in Peoria, Illinois, and Dubuque, Iowa, and things like that. And ended up out here in the in the Seattle area and joined a company that just spun off from Microsoft. I was so excited because I was like, Microsoft was a huge deal, uh, you know, in the early 2000s or before that. And I joined a company called Expedia. 
And back then, we have to go way back in the time machine to a time where people were like, do I really want to hit a button and book something online? That wasn't that long ago. People were scared and they would finally book it online and then they would call us and they would say, did that really happen? You know, you have to remember, this is when everybody had like paper tickets to fly and nobody really had high speed internet. So you were really taking a leap of faith. And I was so fortunate to be like employee 300 at Expedia. I think now they have like 12,000 people there, probably a thousand of them doing what I did by myself. And then, so you were at Expedia, you kind of um, experienced a little bit of that world, got to learn a little bit about that, but that wasn't it. You know, there was a few more paths that you went on before you got to where you were today. And I know one of the places you worked at, and maybe this was, and I don't know if this is correct or not, but was Zillow in your experience at Zillow, was that kind of your first entryway into the real estate world or talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, it really was. And I just remember it like it was yesterday. I remember going into Zillow, which was started by some of the same people I had known from Expedia. But there was a big gap of like four or five years and they kind of called me in for a meeting and Zillow was still really new. And I was just like, it was a bad time for real estate. I remember saying to Spencer Raskoff, who was a highly acclaimed CEO, I was like, you know, all the real estate agents I know are divorced and eating off hot plates. Like this seems like a horrible business to be in. And I don't know much about it. And he was like, well, what did you know about travel before you joined Expedia? So I joined Zillow also as a very early employee. And at the time I joined Zillow, it was all about, can we just get consumers to come to this website and explain what a Zestimate is? And maybe it's not that accurate. Maybe it is. But if we get consumer eyeballs, all good things will happen. And when I interviewed, they were like, you know, we also have these people kind of working on like premier agent and agent relations and MLS stuff. And nobody in marketing wants to work with those guys. They kind of scare us. Mitch, would you like to work with them? And so that's what I ended up doing at Zillow. I kind of created the trade marketing team and I worked with some amazing people like uh, Greg Schwartz and Spencer and others to kind of help tell the story of Zillow to a agent audience and a broker audience and an MLS audience. And in those early years, that was not an, an easy thing to do because sometimes when you innovate, you also kind of disrupt a little bit. And depending on where you are and what you felt, and I was always one of those people, I was like, all opinions are valid. And it's our job to maybe do a better job of explaining who we are. And that, that's what I really worked on. So you spent some time at Zillow and then landed in your position where you are today as president at Real Estate News. Tell us about your company, about Real Estate News, what you all do, your role as president, and share with us what that was like starting your own company. Yeah, well, Real Estate News, realestatenews.com launched last October. So we haven't been around that long. And it ties to kind of a, a real estate visionary. He's he's someone I would put on kind of the Mount Rushmore of real estate, Stefan Swanepoel from T360, who's well known to many in our industry. And Stefan and Jack Miller got a hold of me and, and basically they said, we think there's room for another voice to provide news to our industry. You know, it's funny, my comment was kind of like my comment when I interviewed at Zillow. I was like, journalism doesn't seem to be doing very well right now. That seems like a horrible idea. Like I'm I'm pretty good at trying to talk myself out of a job now that I think about it. But, <laughs> But Stefan really is a visionary. And he said, you know, we can do better. There's a need. You don't have to become as big as USA Today or the New York Times 
but can we add another voice to the equation? And that's what we've tried to do since our launch. You know, we have a team of reporters and graphic people and social people, and we're a small, gritty group. But based on what we hear from folks and what we see in terms of numbers every day, we really are filling that that void. And we're really proud of our work. The, the day is never done. I don't get to go out and look at that beautiful view because I need to be focused on running the business. But we have a, a great team that is full of integrity Again, at realestatenews.com, you know, you get to decide for yourself. Go there and then see if the content works for you. You know, it works for me because this is one of the one of the ways, you know, I found you as a fellow social media content manager. You know, I'm always looking for interesting articles, interesting blogs, things to share on the Ohio Realtors page. And that's kind of how I found you and found Real Estate News was through an article that I found that you all had had posted on your site. Tell us a little bit about what you guys focus on. Like, what are some of the stories that you're seeking out? Where do you get all this information? Talk to us like a little bit about that process and and the types of things that you're trying to report on. One way to think about it, Allison, is like, who is the audience, right? And the audience, for instance, agents in your area. But it's also the companies that want to talk to agents. And it's the big companies like Zillow and Redfin and Realtor. So we have a number of different audiences. I always kind of think on a typical day, I'll just pick one brokerage, like Gary Keller could be reading us and a brand new agent at Keller Williams in Cincinnati could be reading us. And how do we try to appeal to all those different kinds of personas? So we write a lot of things to benefit agents, like how to take advantage of what's going on in a slower market. Like that's a really good story. Yesterday posted a big interview with Errol Samuelson from Zillow, where he kind of goes in a little deeper into what Zillow's up to and what's the super app and is that a good thing or a bad thing? So we really work hard to not only interview the newsmakers of the day, but to give kind of actionable advice for agents. And I know that's something that kind of our agents are looking for too, is that life coaching, coaching, you know, advice, how to how to get through things that we're experiencing and how to better ourselves. You know, it's so hard sometimes in this industry to do our day-to-day jobs. How can we do them better? How can we level up ourselves in our business? We have to always be working at, at this industry. This isn't something that, you know, you can just take a week off from and your check is still going to come in the mail. You know, this is oh such an active, you know, role and an active job that we have to work on every day. Um, what are some of your advice that you have for agents, you know, and, and maybe what do you see from your audience, the type of things that they're looking or searching out for when it comes to realtors? First of all, you've nailed it. You know, I've always said it's super hard for an agent to be great at everything. I know I'm not great at everything. You have to have great communication skills. Can you do marketing? You know, are you a financial expert? Are you a psychologist? Right? <laughs> like, you need all those skills and it, it's very hard to be great at everything. I know I'm not. And I also kind of think that the best thing that agents can do is lean into what you're passionate about and what you're good at, stretch yourself a little bit and see if there's there's other things. I sometimes think of it as I, I really like music. I can't sing and I can't play an instrument, but I think of those huge soundboards with all the levers. Should I have more bass? Should I pull, make the drums louder? Should the vocal be softer? And I kind of think that's what the agent's job is. You can't have all the levers up or it's just going to be a bunch of noise, but can you try tweaking one up, maybe pull one down, which is also a really hard thing for agents is to sometimes stop doing something. Even talk to my team about that because we have a thousand great ideas. We're a startup. 
we have a thousand great ideas. And I'm like, well, we only have so much time and so many people. So is there anything we should do less? And that's a really hard thing sometimes to look in a mirror. You know what, agents today, it's a slower market. So how do you maximize your time in that way? We have some ideas on that. Yeah, I love that. I think it's super important. And you're right, that question is so hard. You know, how do I do less of something when we live in this society where you have to be doing everything all the time? We're not really thinking about turning things off. You know, we're always like, how can we do more of this? And how can we really just maximize our capacity? But sometimes that's not necessarily the best way that we want to go about it. Yeah, and you know, the, the agents I'm talking to right now all over the country, they're using kind of a slower market to kind of look inside and figure out is this the time to try to get better at something? I have a little time. We had a red hot market a year and a half ago and you could barely get through the day. But now is you know a time, let's just use social media as an example because I know it's something that's important to, to what you guys do. You know, I'm a great example of this. Like I'm just not a big Instagram person. If I had 10 minutes a piece, I would maybe lean in and get better at Instagram. Agents today, like, is that one lever you should play with a little bit? Get better at social. How do you expand your sphere in a down market? Social can be one of those ways. Also a big believer that now is a time for agents. You have the ability to, to get out. We didn't have that ability that long ago. Use that time to get out and see people and meet people. We interviewed an agent not too long ago, uh, Cindy in California. I thought she had some really good advice. She basically said, I try to join groups for things I'm passionate about, whether it's rowing or pickleball or whatever. I don't try to necessarily force myself into business organizations. That can be a good thing too. But if I join something that I'm really interested in, I will naturally meet a whole new sphere. Time out on the pickleball court. I want to tell you about the listings I have. Maybe that's not the best idea. But Take the time to meet some new people, expand your sphere and your community. I just think that's a, this is the time to do that. I love those ideas. Think about with this more free time, if we're seeing in, in a slowdown of the market, you know, what can, how can you still be growing yourself or how can you do those little things that you put off because we've been so focused on every single transaction and every single listing that's coming through. And if that's slowing down a little bit, now is the time where you can start maybe giving attention to those things that you've been putting off, you know, as we were in such a crazy time. I also think it's a time to re-engage with those you've worked with before. A lot of times you may be able to do that through technology, right? You can do a drip campaign, you can do whatever, but I'm not just calling somebody and checking in on them. My wife and I bought a house a couple of years ago and we used the same agent we had used 22 years before. And why did we use Mike Flynn again? Because I didn't really need him to send me a magnet once a year or whatever, but I don't know, maybe once a year, every eight months, he would just drop a note or I think I had coffee with him a couple times. And that just meant the world to me. We stayed engaged. I give him credit for the great life we've had because that house we bought 22 years ago. So I really think this is a time just to look at who you've worked with. You know, the cheapest marketing expense in the world is to go have coffee with someone at Starbucks for an hour. And it's really easy to do. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training 
that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. Home sellers can be sued by buyers, even if they did nothing wrong. When a seller gets sued, so does their agent and broker. And that's just not fair. Home sale lawsuits don't happen on every transaction, but when they do, they can be devastating. Seller's Shield is so proactive, we resolve 94% of our clients' disputes before they become a formal suit, keeping everyone out of the courtroom. Protect yourself with Seller's Shield and get the peace of mind you deserve. And I think that's good to mention too. When we think about the longevity of our careers, I think it's important to know that building relationships is going to take a lifetime. It's going to take 22 years before you may see your client ready to sell a house that you got them into, you know, and, and it's just a long thing. I think we have to keep that in mind, you know, as we move forward, that building those relationships, we might not see a return on that immediately. It might take 22 years, but that it's still important to grow and nurture that relationship before you may ever see or ever work with them, you know, on a transaction. I think that's really important to mention too. Another thing, you can kind of go hand-to-hand, one-on-one. I'm also seeing agents more and more, they're just doing like a small event, bringing people together. It doesn't necessarily have to cost you thousands of dollars to do that. I'm amazed. One of my favorite things I've heard of lately is it's fairly inexpensive to rent out a movie theater. It's surprising. Oh my gosh, I just saw that the other day too. That someone said it's like $20 to rent out. Like, I don't know if it's that cheap, but it's really pretty inexpensive to rent out a movie theater these days. Yeah, and, and what you can do is it depends on the theater and the chain or an independent, but sometimes you can just be like, I just want to do a screening of a movie you already have. Or you can pick out any movie in the world, like Money Pit, maybe not the best thing if you're a real estate agent, but imagine finding some movie that's that's meaningful to the people of you know your area or something. And just inviting people to come to that, they're going to be amazed. And then it allows you to stand up in front of the theater and talk for a minute, say how important all the people in the room are to you. I just think it's it's time to do some things like that because there's still activity in the market. Sometimes people just need a little push to talk to a real estate agent to understand that, wow, wait, you mean there are no homes for sale? If I put my home up for sale, like I'd probably have success or I'm ready to have a change in, in life and I want to move into a condo or whatever, or how do you spark those conversations? I wish my real estate agent, I still am waiting for someone to be like, I'm going to bring together a bunch of local people that maybe can help you. I'm going to have a plumber there and a handyman there. I don't know, an auto dealer to talk about what's going on. Like, oh my gosh, I would love to go to something like that. Yeah, no, that's that's so true. That's what we really pride ourselves on as realtors is just being that connector to everything that comes with homes. You know, we can recommend you someone that can come look at your water heater. We recommend a landscaping guy, a debt guy. You know, we have those connections in, in our industry and even just reaching out to our clients and saying, hey, you know, it's springtime. How's your deck looking? Hey, you know, it's fall. You know, you might want to get your furnace checked out. You know, whatever. That is such a cool way to be building that, those relationships without trying to get someone to buy or sell their home right away. I head up real estate news 
I would love an agent to say they want to talk to me. Like, I want to know what's going on as a, a consumer. I think it means so much more. Our business is a local business. I used to say to agents, I'll tell you a quick story. Back at my time at Zillow, when agents were almost getting too many contacts, some of us really nailed it. Like their phone is ringing off the hook and they're like, oh my God, and you know, people are on Zillow at 8 p.m. at night. And they contact me and I know I should follow up in five minutes, but it's 8 p.m. at night and I got things going on. And I was always like, well, this is what you do. Zillow is this big national thing. Like prove you're local, answer the call and say, you know what? I'm at uh, Jefferson Field watching my son's soccer game. Could I call you back in the morning? And the person on the other end is like, oh my God, they're a real person. I know where Jefferson Field is. I also have kids that play soccer. Like I totally get you. Yep. They live and work in the communities that we're selling in. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that is incredibly important right now. And you may not have that time in six months or a year. So kind of build things back up. On that note of, of what's coming in the next six months to a year, what's your prediction for maybe some big storylines that we're going to see, you know, in the next couple months to a year from now? What, from your perspective and the work that you do and the things you're seeing on your end, give us a little crystal ball uh, if you had one in front of you. What, what, what should we be aware of? Yeah. My crystal ball is sometimes foggy, but uh, <laughs> I'll tell you some of the things we're thinking about. There's a lot of lawsuits going on right now. National lawsuits that tie to the real estate industry. I don't think they're going to go away and they could eventually have an impact on buyer commission, a lot of things. And I don't, real estate news, we're not about creating drama where there isn't drama. So I can't tell you today what's going to happen. If I could, I would. But I would just say that's something to pay attention to. Keep an eye on things. Stay involved with your association. They have the, the you guys have the leadership that pays a really close eye on that. I think that's one thing. I'm also always kind of curious on kind of what's going on with kind of Zillow, Redfin, Realtor.com. Realtor.com, which obviously has a connection to NAR and is run by News Corp and News Corp almost sold it, it appeared. That's what we reported on to uh, CoStar. And then that didn't happen. When something like that almost happens, then could there be movement again? So I think it's important to kind of keep an eye on things because those are all huge companies that can benefit real estate agents if you know what you're doing, but to understand and follow how they're moving things forward. I think CoStar with Homes.com will be especially interesting because they're trying to move up. I generally think, and even during my time at Zillow, I really believe like competition is a good thing, makes everybody better. I would also pay attention to that quite a bit. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I know that's something like you mentioned, you know, that we're keeping track of watching closely, you know, seeing what comes out of, of some of the lawsuits that you mentioned, that's going to be really important to make sure that that we're staying aware and in the know about anything that you're predicting when it comes to the market. I mean, we kind of know some of the things that we're experiencing now, there is that little bit of slowdown, you know, we're starting to see in some areas, not the craziness of COVID, but there is still quite a bit of activity. You know, as you mentioned, we are still seeing homes with, you know, multiple offers, uh, homes still selling quickly. You know, we are still seeing a little bit of that. But anything from a market perspective um, that you're seeing that you think is going to be a trend to watch for the next few months to a year? I'll tell you, no one's ever accused me of being an economist. So let's not <laughs> pretend right now. But I, I will say sometimes when you watch like national coverage of what's going on, What's happening in, in Cincinnati is way different than what's happening in Los Angeles or Austin, Texas. So 
I wouldn't let the drama overwhelm you. You know your market and pay attention to your market and what's going on. You know, there's a obviously mortgage rates are a little bit more of a national thing. It looks like rates have started going down just a little bit. But I think what's more important is what people are thinking, right? And are people kind of getting used to these are the rates and can I make my budget work with those rates or should I maybe think a little more carefully about you know, like how big a house I want or things like that? I think at least I'm, I'm hoping that people are kind of getting used to the, the new now and they're going to start wanting to have discussions because I, I kind of believe there's a, a home for everybody out there. So many agents over the years have told me you can go on Zillow or Redfin or Realtor. Very often the house you look at is nobody buys the first house, maybe in rare cases. And that's the value of a real estate agent, right? Like you're the expert. You can understand what the rate is. You can understand the value of a home and you can try to find that connection to get somebody into something where they're very comfortable and, and they love where they are. I know talking to some of our realtors, they say it's almost because inventory is so low and because the amount of listings are so low that we're seeing out there now, it's almost impossible to even get into a home unless you have a realtor that's working with the listing agent. And I thought that that was really interesting was that, listen, like this is homes are coming on the market so infrequently than maybe what they were before that you have to know somebody to even be able to get into an open house or have a showing. Yeah, if I was even thinking of looking for a home right now, I would make a connection with a real estate agent and say, listen, I'm going to be looking online at three in the morning because that's who I am. But I'm counting on you to look too. And you may see something. I'm not in your office. I don't meet other agents on a Tuesday morning. You may find it or or I may find it, but we're going to be a team and do it together. Yeah, I know. I've I've just had some personal f stories of, of friends of mine and family that have bought houses, and it really is a team effort. And I think that's what really makes a successful, you know, relationship. When you all are working together on it, you're sending things back and forth to each other. Your realtor may see something, you might see something, and and I think that's the beauty of a working relationship uh, when you hire hire a realtor. And it also helps you get funnel in more on as a consumer what you really want. You the more you talk to an agent, you're like, well, wait. It's not so much this neighborhood, but it's this kind of house that's often in that kind of neighborhood. Is there a house like that in a different neighborhood that I would like? Or, oh, it turns out the most important thing to me is two and a half baths. I didn't really understand that until I started talking to you. Yeah, and that's the value and the expertise that I think a realtor can bring to a transaction. And something that makes just that whole process a little bit smoother is when you have somebody by your side who knows what they're doing. <laughs> I think it can make a really big difference. Mitch, any last bits of advice or um, things you want to share when it comes to what we're experiencing now for realtors to thrive, you know, under today's circumstances? Yeah, I'd say the, the one other thing, this is a good time to get smarter. You know, we talked about get out and see people, but maybe you want to spend a little bit more time on your screen. I One of my favorite things to ask real estate agents is how many emails a day do you get from some vendor that wants you to spend money? And they just kind of laugh like, oh, I don't even look at them. Maybe look at two a day or one a day. You may not want to use their services. They may have some best practices that you can apply to what you, you are using. So I think it's a good time. I sometimes go to demos of companies, honestly, that I don't think I need their services, but it just helps me think about the world a little differently or what I do. Don't be maybe quite as hesitant to do a Zoom with somebody. Maybe you'll get something out of it, or maybe it is a perfect thing. 
But hopefully three or six months from now, you're not going to have the time anyway. So so take advantage of that now. Yeah, I think that's a really, a really good point is to, we are so quick to delete those things or think, oh, this is just a salesperson coming at me trying to get their product out there. But there are things existing out there that might actually be a really good fit for you and your business. So what a great time, you know, as you mentioned, as things are a little bit slower to explore some of that new technology out there, explore some of those vendors, see what they have to offer. And like you said, you can spend a 20 minute call. You know, I get, you know, people calling all the time wanting to sell products to me and they're just asking for 20 minutes of time. And like you said, it might not be a good fit for the product, you know, in the long term, but you might learn something or be able to see something differently based off of someone else's perspective. So I think that's a really good bit of advice, uh, Mitch. But We are out of time for today, but I want to thank you again for um, joining me on the show today. And thanks for for your bits of advice and sharing a little bit more about you and what you do. Oh, it's so great to be with you. You're so good at doing this, by the way. You make it easy on people like us. So thanks for having me. And again, hi to all my friends in Ohio. Thank you for the compliment. I really appreciate it. And to all of our listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back with you next week. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.